0: Hi, this is Karina Ganters, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Karina Gantus, for Behind the Pen, welcome to another episode, I hope you are all well out there. Behind the Pen is for creatives, you can be an author, a illustrator, an editor, a musician, songwriter, a writer, artist, the list goes on, as long as you hold a pen and you're a creative. My name is Karina Gantas, I am an award-winning author of 14 books, an award-winning filmmaker, I'm a booktuber, a youtuber, I have the podcast Behind the Pen and Narrations by KK, and I'm also the host of the radio show Authorist on the Artist First Radio Network. As you know, what Behind the Pen is, is a YouTube show and the audio podcast so you could be watching or you could be listening right now i am thrilled to uh introduce my guest martin Edison. welcome to the show
1: thank you so Uh,
0: the first question i ask all my guests is what do you use your pen for
1: well uh, i should mention first of all i'm a retired engineer so i have a technical background and I like to write about out-of-the-box topics. Cool. I write about thing everything from the paranormal to aliens and UFOs. Ooh, that's what we like here. To spirituality, to uh, just lots of unusual subjects. And I've written over a hundred books.
0: Wow. And
1: I like to explore unusual subjects. That's my fascination, to explore things that are unusual or unaccepted or considered weird and I like to bring a technical bent and analytical bent to that plus my experiences I've had a lot of paranormal experiences and you my research
0: to, to do that writing to write about something like that it's uh, not from research it's from what you know it's from your own experiences to really get that across um you are my first uh author that's written the most books a hundred and plus i mean wow how long go did you did you uh, publish your first book i mean how long has it taken you to go through a hundred books so far well that's
1: a good question i i actually wrote the first one in the year 2000 but i really started writing seriously 14 years ago about 2008
0: Not long. and
1: since then i've been publishing multiple books a year
0: Wow. I think last
1: year I did like 20-some, and I self-publish most of them, but I also have a regular publisher last, since last year who publishes a lot of my books.
0: Oh, wonderful. And, uh, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been at this 27 years. I've got 14 books. You've been at this 14 years, and you've got 100 books. Are we talking um, novel lengths? Are we talking uh, novellas? Are we talking uh, chat books? What's the length of your books normally?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Well, most of them are over 100 pages. Some of them are several hundred pages. And I've written some science fiction too, and some of that is hundreds of pages. But I'd say most of them are in the 100 to 200-page length.
0: So it, would, it would fall in, into novel length then, around about um, 50,000 words plus
1: uh i'd say a lot of them are more like 30 some of them mm. are 50 some of them are 100 plus
0: that's that that's a lot of work i mean uh, this is your full-time job it's got to be because there's no way you could do this part-time surely. well yes <laughs> that's
1: what i like to do full-time now and yeah. uh, i just i just enjoy it i enjoy good i enjoy researching topics i enjoy explaining my different paranormal experiences
0: how how um are we are we talking nonfiction here or fiction or both?
1: The the large majority of my books are nonfiction. O- only about uh seven or eight are fiction.
0: And and what genres are they in the fiction genres? What what did you write in? Uh
1: science fiction.
0: Science fiction. You delved into that. Is that because Mm -hmm. you you enjoy reading those types of books or watching the films? What is it about sci-fi that you wanted to write your own uh, novel?
1: Well, I've been writing, I've been reading science fiction since I was a kid. First, I started with comic books Mm -hmm. and then then I I switched into regular sci-fi books and fantasy. And I've got a library of several thousand sci-fi books. In fact, one of my books that I wrote is a history of science fiction and fantasy, where I trace the history wow. of it and how how writers got into it, and what are a lot of the better known books. Uh, You'd be perfect the 20th on, and 21st. on one of the
0: uh, panels on a, a book conference for sci-fi. You'd be a perfect uh, <laughs> guest for something like that. Okay, nah, yeah let's possible. go to your your first book. Um, why did you publish it? What was it about? And what made you want to do? Uh, to uh, write that book.
1: Well, I'm going to I'm going to talk about the first book that I wrote, in, starting in 2008, where I decided to get into this area seriously. And I was looking for a topic of interest to me because I always like to write about things that interest me first. And I'd read a lot of articles about people around the world who supposedly had lived well over the age of 100, some of whom had lived to 150, some 200 plus. And there were lots of stories about some grandma celebrating her 150th birthday or something. And so I I wondered, is this really true? Is this possible? Because according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the oldest person who ever lived was Jean Calumet of France who lived to 122. But the records I found were much, much later. So I did research of information from all over the world. And I found, yes, there were large numbers of people both in the recent past and some hundreds of years ago, who lived to incredible ages. Like one of the best known is a, a Chinaman named Lai Ching Young, who purportedly lived to 256 years old. Wow. And he was an herbalist for the first hundred years. And then he met the emperors of China and there were articles in the New York Times about him in the 1930s. So after I found this, wealth of people who lived a very long time. The next question of course was, how is this possible? So I started researching this and this led to a whole category of books I wrote on longevity. And the first book I wrote was titled, Physical Immortality, A History and How-To Guide. And I went into a lot of the spiritual issues and psychological issues and lots of techniques that people claim are important for longevity. And what, one of the things I found is that what would you guess is one of the most important reasons people live a very long time?
0: Automatically, I would say uh, the food and the way they eat and how they look after themselves. But I think this is going to go a totally different direction and maybe the mentality, how they uh, think of, uh, of, uh, like you say, spirituality in that.
1: Well, one of the, those things are all important, but one of the most interesting things i found is that almost all of the, all of these incredible oldsters have some type of spiritual connection, some type of religion or spirituality in their life. That seems to bring down a aura of health into their bodies. Mm. So after I wrote this book, I started getting more into the subject and I actually developed an online training program on longevity we'll call longevity coaching. And I developed what are called the 10 principles of personal longevity. And this became a title of another book of mine and plus a bunch of subsequent books related to it. And so the first principle was that long lived people exist. The second one is that you have to have a purpose in your life because especially when you get older, you need a life purpose to have the motivation to live. And there were a lot of other psychological issues and Mm. a spiritual connection. And then of course we get into the, eating the proper foods. There's a lot of longevity foods and they even have one principle, principle nine that you can use your intuition to stay safe because after you've addressed all the other issues, the biggest thing you need to worry about are accidents. (laughs) So this is how I got into a lot of the work I did on longevity and immortality
0: the greeks i think uh, are, are one of the uh, the the people in europe that live the longest because of their um, health their what they eat and their their health and uh, how they look after themselves the greeks in are, fact there's
1: an, there's some place in greece i'm trying to think if it's an island but there's a very long-lived culture on this one place in greece i actually wrote a book on four long-lived cultures from other parts of the world and what their diets were, and mm. lifestyles, and the reason these people have so many centenarians. So it, it's been a really lear- good learning experience for me over these fourteen years with all of the research I've done
0: and books I've written about longevity. Yeah. And you must believe it in yourself. You must believe it a hundred percent to um, yes, do the course, mean, to write the books.
1: I, I, I go into most topics, actually, I go into all topics with an open mind, and I try and do the research and verify it as much as possible mm. to form my opinion, and I've done this on a lot of topics. Now, some of the topics deal with premonitions, because one of the things I've had a lot of experience with are premonitions or prophecies about my future or future events, so may I relate one of those?
0: I was I was gonna yeah I mean I was gonna get into that and and then uh, go into the uh, supernatural and the UFOs and and slowly slowly move into the more uh, more exciting and things that uh, people want to believe but won't believe unless they see it for themselves which is the wrong way of thinking but yes please go ahead
1: uh well the first this was after i started spiritual development in college through meditation and opening chakras and so i was meditating one summer at my desk at general electric's gas turbine engineering which was my summer job and i was planning a trip out to cape cod which is in eastern massachusetts Mm -hmm. And I was going to do that for a couple of weeks after my job was done and before school started. So I'm meditating about this and thinking about trying surfing. And all of a sudden I had this brilliant vision. I saw myself falling off a surfboard, going underwater, coming up and bam, the thing hit me right in my chin and it threw me out of my meditation. I thought, wow, that is really weird. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm on Cape Cod. I'm walking down the beach. I see a bunch of guys, a couple of guys with a bunch of surfboards. And I said, I want to try it. You know where I can rent one? They said, oh, we've got a lot of them. You can try with us. So I spent the day and I was uh, trying to get up and it was difficult because I was, per- I was fairly athletic and I'm about 19 years old, but I had problems getting up on the board. And so I kept trying. And in the afternoon, I was all exhausted, still trying. And I tried to get up again. And then this exact same scene happened. I got thrown off. I came up, the board was in front of me, bam, hit me in the same place. Wow. I had lots of blood. I had to go to the hospital emergency room. I ended up getting 10 stitches and two sutures on my chin. So this was my first of many experiences, which illustrated to me that there are probable futures that can happen. That we can experience.
0: And, and for you yourself, you need to take notice when you have visions like that and, and listen to them.
1: Yes. So there were a lot of experiences in line. And then the, I'll tell you the most important one that happened to me. So this is about 1998. And by this time I'm married and I have a stepdaughter who's a teen and my son who's two years old. And we were going to go visit my wife's uh, relatives in Barcelona. And I was waiting for a contract because I did a lot of contracting on IT work. So I told them to go ahead. I would come a few days later because I was waiting to see if an IT contract with Boeing would close. So I waited a few days and then my, uh, my headhunter told me, this isn't gonna happen for a few weeks, Marty, so you might as well go on your trip. So this is when I tried to call my travel agent and I got a really dark black feeling. And I should mention by the way, that for a couple of years before this, I felt like I wasn't going to live very long. So anyway, I get this dark black feeling as soon as I try and pick up the phone. So I put it down a couple hours later. I try again, another dark black feeling. What is this? So I waited until the next morning and I tried again. I go as far as picking up the phone and I couldn't do it. I got the same feeling of death. So I lay down and meditated and the, I had a, a meditated on the day I thought I'd be traveling, which was September 2nd, 1998. And I I had a vision of a plane crash. And because of of my previous experiences, I knew this was a real warning. But understand, I really wanted to be with my wife and kids. I had a lot of motivation towards that. And so I really wanted to go. So it was very difficult for me to make this decision. I felt stupid to decide not to go. And it was only the fact that I'd had these previous experiences. I knew this was a real warning that Most I decided not to go. Yeah. So I called my wife. I told her I wasn't going and why she, she understood. And I also felt a lot of relief in the background. A lot of tension was dissipating.
0: You changed your so, fate.
1: So, so I said, I, I stayed home, took care of the dog. I felt stupid and Sure enough, September 2nd happens, and the Swiss air flight I was likely to have been on crashes into the ocean off Newfoundland and kills a couple hundred people. Wow. Wow. So what this taught me is there are probable futures, and you can choose the one you want to be on, but there's a lot of momentum towards a specific future. And you can change it through force of will, but it's not easy. No. So this led to my first book on this topic titled Prophecy, a History and How to Guide.
0: And I've yeah. written
1: several other books on that topic since then. I've written a lot of books on the paranormal because yeah, I've had other experiences too.
0: Let's talk about that because I mean I've I've spoken to uh, mediums and uh, psychics and everything on the show before and I I've, I've spoken to some that um, have been uh, they've they've mm-hmm. been tested and they've Right. They, they they are legit, and that was a a, a very um, enlightening, upsetting, but emotional um, episode when I had that uh, that uh, a chat with the the medium because my uh, quite a few people came through while we were talking. Uh, so that was that really opened my eyes. Whether I was a psych, you know, a, a skeptic or not, that just Wow, that blew me away. Mm-hmm. So tell me a bit about um, the the stuff that's happened to you. Um, we've already talked that you you your visions not all, but when you do have a certain vision or certain feelings, um, they need to be taken notice of. Um, but paranormal, I mean that we're getting to the scary side now because it's uh, an entity, an evil entity, uh, trying to. What?
1: I don't know that it's evil. If I, if I could explain the understanding that I've come to, mm. one, because I was raised as a Christian, but mm. I also in my teen and twenties and, uh, read a lot of books about Eastern religion. And one of the most fascinating ones I found was a text that's 2000 years old, written originally in Sanskrit called the yoga sutras of Patanjali. And then you had, so you have the four different books in Sanskrit and each one when you find a translation, the translations are online too, it is written in shows a phonetic translation and then how, how an explanation of what the sutra means. And the basic idea is that this is the path of spiritual development. And book three is all about the side effects of spiritual development. The side effects of spiritual development are paranormal abilities. And this book talks about a large number of paranormal abilities. In fact, I wrote a recent book about paranormal abilities and the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali because it's still fascinating to me. I'm still learning from this after many years. So I don't look at paranormal experiences as good or evil. I look at them as side effects that people develop these abilities as a result of the spiritual development process.
0: I was sorry, sorry i wasn't referring to uh the abilities a uh, paranormal abilities of someone being evil i was referring to paranormal as in um poltergeists and uh, you know things moving mm-hmm. around and and that kind of evil not of abilities i mean psychic uh um paranormal and psychic abilities just absolutely fascinate me mm-hmm. so i i don't see yeah there are there that. are
1: entities which can be negative Mm. And without going into the whole story because I don't have time, mm. I was investigating a haunted house mm. and was attacked by a spiritual entity. Wow! So I've I've had that experience too, and I've written about that. And
0: what's that? I don't know called? if they're
1: all necessarily necessarily evil. Sometimes they just want to get out of where they are.
0: Yeah, that's 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 so true. They they're just so um, angry because the angry spirits like you said not necessarily evil but the angry spirits and their own way to get uh um their point across is to um you know push to to shove to mm-hmm. to attack to throw things and right. that's the only way they can be heard be you know but unless that person's got the ability to show them to the light show them to the other side there's not a lot it can be done
1: yeah it's a whole world in fact i've written a lot about dimensions and time travel time tra- time travel and dimensional travel because i think a lot of these things all connect together and i i use my experience uh, my training on physics relativistic physics mm-hmm. and the other things i've read about the multiverse and try and see how that fits together with my understanding of time for my experiences and other things. But basically I think we live in a very malleable universe. We live in a universe which has time portals, dimensional transference portals, and that is something that science doesn't accept, but I've seen (laughs) people who've experienced it. I've seen, of course I've had my own experiences, not only about me, but about major events. But I've also read a lot of stories, which I put in my books, uh, time tra- real time travel stories and dimensional transference stories. It happens to a lot of people. In fact, I even found a uh, sutra in the Yoga Sutras only recently that translates as to the ability to see multiple realities. So the more I learn, the more I realize these things are all connected together, but the universe is not as stable as we'd like to think it is
0: no so um let's um, go to uh ufo uh your books that you've written about ufos right. whether you've seen them or you've done your research for people that have uh seen them and experienced things like
1: that okay well i haven't really had any personal experiences with ufos or aliens but again it's another fascinating subject and i've written a lot about it i've written books on the technology of anti-gravity, which seems to be something that we have both from alien craft and super secret projects here in the US. Mm. And I've written books about evidence for aliens being on earth millions of years ago into the present. Mm. Because if you think about it, there are several hundred billion stars in our galaxy. And we know now from space probes that there are probably billions of planets so it's likely that there are many millions of civilizations and they would be able to travel to the earth in our far past. In fact, kind of switching subjects a little bit, but I've written a lot about out of place artifacts. Uh, things that were created intelligently mm-hmm. millions of years ago before humanity even existed. Now, so who could have created those? And Where I happen to think from? Yeah. the only choice... Is they were created by aliens who lived on the earth and may have created giants because i've written a whole lot about giants so it's really fascinating the more that you learn about all these things the more that you research these different topics you you see more and more how they overlap
0: don't you get don't you get muddled you know you 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 you're researching everything and you're going from one topic to another and like you say they're they're coming together and you're learning more and more and you're getting more deeper into that rabbit hole. How do you get yourself back out?
1: Well, that's a good question, but you, what I do is I pick a specific topic and I write an outline for it. And then I research the different chapters. And recently, because I've got so many books on so many different topics, I'm finding that, Oh, this topic, has some relevancy in the, to this book over here. And there's also some relevancy to this book over here. So I'm, what I'm finding is the more work I do, the more that I write and research, the more I realize how they're all connected. I'll give you a good example of that. So one of the things I wrote about are unusual animals or what are called cryptozoological animals, which are things like Bigfoot or dr- reports of dragons or, reports of huge
0: birds,
1: (laughs) I haven't done that one, but (laughs) I found that for instance, if you look at Bigfoot sightings in the U S there's been thousands, literally thousands of Bigfoot sightings. And I even saw a map, which I put in my book about where all these sightings were. And I thought, how is it possible that people have had all these real sightings yet there's very few, if any, uh, remains of bigfoot or of where they live to
0: evidence yeah right
1: but the more i've done research on dimensionality the more i believe that there may be different animals as well as humans and ancient ancient peoples who had the ability to transfer between dimensions so it makes me wonder if these animals reside in another dimension and come here to, to us like the irish have something called the Twatha de Danin, who were the ancient race of Ireland that supposedly came from the other world. That's what they say in their legends, that they came from the other world and they had the ability to go back to it. And descriptions of the other world are indications of that they might be from another dimension because time seems to flow at a different rate. So anyway, that's how a lot of these things connect together.
0: Where, does, where do you stop though? Because you've, you've covered so many topics And yes, there's still lots more to to be researched and and talked about and written about. Um, What are you up to next? What are you working on
1: now? Well, that's a good question. I I write also some books about self-help. And the most recent topic I'm starting to outline is about hope. Mm, Because I think in the tumultuous world that we've got, I think people need more hope. And I'm hoping to write a very good book about hope and how to to reach it in your own life. And obviously people have written about all the topics I've written about, but I'd like to think that I come at these topics from an unusual angle because I have a technical background Mm. and I can use my analysis abilities to look at things. And I look for patterns in what I write of what's true and what's unlikely to be true. But I also like to write about things that will help people spiritually and so that's that's why I do a lot of that.
0: so so at the moment you're working on sort of a self-help books at the moment.
1: That's I get a I, you know I, I change topics at, at, at the wish, but that's one that came to me as an intuition that I needed to write a book about hope. So that's why I'm starting to work on that one. But I, I have, have on teacher. my website, which I can mention mkeddingtonbooks.com spelled M-K-E-T-T-I-N-G-T-O-N-B-O-K-S.com. I I will have that down in
0: the details.
1: That I have things organized by categories and I have like 12 different categories of books and they can go in and and see the list and then go into an individual book page where I have an explanation of the book, the table of contents, and then links as to where they can buy them. And that includes eBooks, printed books, and audio books
0: that is a big website
1: <laughs> well it, it is but i found that and also do videos i have videos about different books too about almost all of them i found that that is something that people like i mean i do marketing online to send people to my categories and i get a lot of sales as a result mm. so for me it's a it's a passion it's a it's a love uh that i do this to, to try and bring some sense to a lot of the Questions people have about the unknown and out of the box topics, Most
0: and I think definitely.
1: I'm, I think I'm getting there.
0: I think I think you you you've covered uh, quite a lot in the in the the few years that you've been writing. It's like uh, you were you were made to do this. This is like you say it's something you had to do. You were told. It to is do. my
1: passion. It if is my passion. It's not just your
0: passion. I think it's your pathway. I think it was something you were supposed to do.
1: Yeah. In fact, I remember choosing to come to earth and being inside my mom's womb and being born and all that. And I've written about that memories before birth, but I've always felt I had a mission Mm. and maybe this is my mission.
0: I think it is. So I don't think you would have, you would have had the passion like you do. You would have written so many books. You would have covered so many uh, topics out of the box topics if that wasn't what your mission was so but i think yes. you've still got a long way to go thank you i really do so we we know where people your website is going to be in the details of underneath the uh, video we know where to send people to your website but where can they find you on social media martin
1: well i have a youtube channel and my youtube channel is let's see what do i title it it's uh MK Eddington books channel. I have a picture of a colored Einstein on it. And so I publish both uh, podcasts on there about different topics, as well as the videos for all of my books.
0: Brilliant. And that's
1: the easiest place to find me.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, I'll have that uh, link down there as well. Thank you so much for being a guest on behind the pen. It's been absolutely fascinating.
1: Well, thank you, Karina. You, I enjoyed it very much.
0: I, I wish you all the best with uh, the, your next book and the next 100 that you do, because uh, if you can do 100 in that many years, I think you've got a few more years left in you. And, and I so I so. can see quite a few more books coming up. And uh, like you said, the more out of the box, the more uh, I think people want to know these uh, answers to these questions that have always be asked. So. Well, thank
1: you. I I enjoy this and I enjoy getting the word out to people because I want them to learn more about these subjects which are unknown, but you can draw some sense to that. And uh, that makes people's lives more interesting, I think.
0: Most definitely. Well, thank you again and all the best for the future, Martin.